Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Well, here we all are. Morning of October the 4th, 2018. This is Bitcoin and episode 10. Um... I'm gonna do uh, gonna do a morning roundup. I'm gonna read uh, from some, or I'm gonna uh, give you guys uh, the morning's Bitcoin's vital statistics. Then I'm gonna do Marty's bent, and then I'm gonna read you guys Optech number fifteen, and um, and we'll see how that goes. I'm kind of playing around with different different ways to do this to bring this information to you guys. Um, and, and find a format that that is uh, that I'm going to be able to stick with. So that's that's the plan for the morning. Um, as usual, my morning or what's going to be hopefully become usual is that my morning roundup is going to come out of my uh, collection from my TweetDeck. Um, I talked about that yesterday. Uh, if you guys haven't used TweetDeck, um, it's it's worth it. It it really is. Um, so. What's going on this morning is this tweet from CoinDesk. Um, Bitcoin startup Async has closed new funding and it's all going to build out the Lightning Network. And of course, there is a link to the story from Alyssa Hertig. And I'll give you some excerpts or uh, read, read a little bit from this. Async one of the leading startups working on the Lightning Network, a top-level layer aiming to boost the number of transactions Bitcoin can support, has closed a $1.7 million funding round led by Serena Capital with participation from Tailand co-founder Bertrand Dayard, Sebastian Lucas, Alistair Milne, and Snapcar founder Yves Weisselberger. Man, I hope I'm pronouncing all this stuff correctly. I really don't like messing people's names up. As a result of the funding, Lightning Labs is no longer the only startup solely dedicated to Lightning that's been able to rake in money for its efforts. Since it launched a few years back, the Paraspace company has become one of the most pivotal in a broader push to build and design Lightning. It has built Eclair, one of the three Lightning software implementations alongside those by Lightning Labs and Blockstream as well as Eclair Wallet, the most popular Lightning Wallet to date. Yet for all the startup has accomplished, it has been done by, it has, it's all been done a small team of three. Okay, Coindesk, editors, please, editors. It's, it's not that difficult, guys. You, you've, you've got to get somebody to read somebody else's writing so that you can catch the mistakes that they can't because they've been looking at the article too damn long. So let's, I'll edit this for you. We'll go back. Yet, for all the startup has accomplished, it's all been done by a small team of three. 
quote, everything that we did was done with very little, end quote. Async co-founder and CEO Pierre-Marie Padre said, he told Coindesk, with this raise, we're very excited to be able to do a lot more with more resources. We'll be able to make even more cool services for Lightning. This is not only good for us, but for Lightning in general and for pushing adoption forward. Okay, so, you know, I'll end it there. There, it, uh, The article goes on, but, <clears throat> you know, essentially, um, the Lightning Network just got another team funded to the tune of $1.7 million. So this is good. And, you know, the the guys that are, that are uh, you know, the guys that are involved in the, um, um, in the funding round are, um, you know, pretty solid dudes, man, especially, especially Alistair. So he's a solid, solid guy. Um, going on, let's take a look at what I, what else I've got in my stack. Oh yeah, Arbit <clears throat> out has a tweet. When you're, when your supply chain is so pwned you have to rely on your adversaries not being able to cheat the laws of physics. <laughs> He's uh, put up this clip, um, uh, a pic of, of this text block of text, I'll, and I'll read it to you. I have worked in card payment industry. We would be getting products from China with added boards to beam credit card information. This wasn't state-sponsored attack. Devices were modified while on production line, most likely by bribed employees. As once they were closed, they would have anti-tampering mechanism activated so that later it would not be possible to open the device without setting the tamper flag. Once this was noticed, we started weighing the terminals because we could not open the devices. Once open, they become useless because they set off the tamper flag, right? Uh, They have learned of this. So they started scraping non-essential plastic from inside the device to offset the weight of the added board. We have ended up measuring angular momentum on a special fixture. These are very expensive laboratory tables to measure angular momentum. I have created a fixture where the device could be placed in two separate positions. The theory is that if the weight of the weight and all possible angular momentums match, the devices have to be identical. We could not measure all possible angular momentums, but it was possible to measure one or two that would not be known to the attacker. So, <laughs> so I guess in the payment processing machine uh, being sent over when you uh, swipe a Visa or Mastercard through it, that these rigs are being uh, have a board added at the factory in China that uh, beams a copy of the inf- uh, credit card information to somebody else. You know. Presumably, somebody who's going to steal all, you know, steal the the credit card numbers and whatnot. So they had to, they had to resort to weighing the machines they were getting against it. I, I can only assume a known um, a known quantity, you know, like so, like a machine that they know was okay, and have to compare it. And God, you know, wow, just the extents to which people don't want to work. Or, or will work to not work to make money. I, whatever it it just boggles boggles the freaking mind. Uh, next on the list is uh, from at Fairlay PM. A bet on Edward Gaming versus Infinity Esports gave 
2,805.11 millibitcoin to a user at uh, fairlay.com. All right, so yeah, that's a little bit of gaming, a little bit of gaming action going on in there. Let, let's see, uh, let's see where we got. Let's see if it actually links. Oh, and I'm using the Brave browser, and it looks like it's picking, looks like it's picking up some, some funk. Okay, here we go. Uh, okay, never mind. It's just a, uh, it's just a link direct to their, to their website. That's okay. Um, Let's see what we got going on here next. All right, Marty's Bent, Wednesday, October 3rd. This was for yesterday, 2018, issue number 331. Um, he has a tweet storm from uh, at Yassine Ark, Y-A-S-S-I-N-E-A-R-K, about Bitcoin scripting language. And let's just go ahead and read, uh, read Marty's uh, take on it before I read, you this, before I read the, uh, the storm to you. Every now and then, it's important to brush up on your fundamentals, especially in an arena like Bitcoin, which combines many disparate, dense disciplines. I think the above thread from our friend Yassine is a great introduction and high-level description of Bitcoin scripting language, though it is pretty technical. Again, I believe it is important to at least have a semblance of an idea of how this stuff works. Here's a link to a list of resources, and Marty links to a list of resources in that sentence, Yassine used to help craft the thread. If you're currently bored and want to learn a bit about the technical details of Bitcoin, I highly recommend you start exploring these resources. A great way to waste company time on a Wednesday afternoon. All right, so let's see what Yassine has to say here. Um, <clears throat> one, a high-level overview of script, Bitcoin scripting language. Two, script's key design goal, computationally simple and compact with native support for cryptographic operations. Three, script is stack based every instruction is executed exactly once in a linear manner no loops four script is turing incomplete unable to compute arbitrarily powerful functions by design quote miners have to run scripts which are submitted by arbitrary participants in the network they should not have the power to submit a script that might have an infinite loop end quote five an executed Bitcoin script can result in two possible outcomes. One, successful execution with no errors, leading to valid translation accepted on the blockchain. Two, unsuccessful execution with an error, leading to invalid transcution, transaction not accepted on the blockchain. Six, script is small. One byte represents one instruction, 256 bytes, 256 instructions, 15 are disabled, 75 are reserved. 7. Scripts, instructions, basic arithmetic, basic logic, throwing errors, not throwing errors, returning early, hash functions, signature verifications, and other special instructions, check multisig, equal verify, dupe, etc. 8. Scripts quirk, a multi-signature implementation bug, check multisig instruction, pops an extra data value off the stack and is dealt with by putting an extra dummy variable onto the stack. 9. Executing a script. One thing needed is a stack that can push data to and pop data from. No memory or variables needed. 
10. Bitcoin nodes by default have a whitelist of standard scripts, generally refusing to accept scripts that are not on the list. Most common script executed is one that specifies one public key and requires a signature for that public key to spin the coins. 11. Some other scripts include proof of burn, script that can never be redeemed, sending coins to script establishes that they've been destroyed. P2SH removes need for complex response from senders. From sender, recipient can just specify a script's hash that the sender sends money to applications, or I'm sorry, 12 applications of Bitcoin scripts. Escrow transactions implemented using a two of three multi-sig transaction green addresses, third-party trust trick that resolves waiting confirmation, efficient micropayment lock time. And finally, 13, info is extracted from none other than Bitcoin and cryptocurrency technologies textbook. For a deeper dive, check out, and then he's got a, uh, sends up a, a GitHub repository. Um, again, this is from Yassine Ark at Y-A-S-S-I-N-E-A-R-K. Go check uh, out his feed and because uh, he's got some good stuff going on pretty much all the time uh, back to Marty's bent uh, this next one is presented without comment and <laughs> y'all probably have seen this already today James or uh, either yesterday yeah yesterday Jameson Lop at LOPP uh, tweeted out, there are not enough Bitcoins for everyone with a Coinbase account to own one. And I'm, he's saying there, there's more there's more Coinbase users um, than there are Bitcoin uh, that's already been minted or will ever be minted because he is actually retweeting Alistair Milne. And let me get directly to his tweet. Alistair Milne at A-L-I-S-T-A-I-R-M-I-L-N-E says, Coinbase growth update. Added 5 million users in the last six months. Now have 25 million. Average of 25,000 users per day is comparable to mid-2017. All right, they got 25 million people. If every single Coinbase user wanted a Bitcoin, you can't have one. Nor will you ever be able to have one. It will never happen because there's only ever going to be 21 million coins. So what's interesting about that is um, Jameson kind of goes on if somewhere around here. Actually, it may be Alistair goes on. Nope. Um, I'd seen somewhere where, you know, um, just how small of a, you know, uh, like if you own like just a fraction of a Bitcoin and you can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin, you're part of, you'd be part of the 1% uh, of, of people that, that you'd be, you'd be considered a one percenter with the value that you hold owning this insanely small fraction of a Bitcoin. Um, so there's, there's that. Uh, close all that down and let's get on to uh, the final his uh, Marty's final thoughts dirty fingernails are the bane of my existence I feel like a creature 
when my fingernails are dirty in public. He's a creature. He's not a monster. So that was Marty's bent for October the 3rd. Uh, Marty <clears throat> can be found at, at Marty Bent on Twitter. Uh, check out his podcast, uh, Tales from the Crypt. It's one of my absolute favorites. Um, I have a few favorites, uh, but it's uh, I can count the amount I can count the amount of favorites uh, podcasts about Bitcoin I have on two hands. So, and his is at the top of the list, along with things like Noted Podcast, um, the Coin Pod, and and Guy Swan's podcast, which is named, and I should know this because I listen to it every time he puts one out. Uh, the Crypt Economy podcast, which is sort of the inspiration for me to start one uh to start this one up so thanks guy i appreciate the the inspiration let's do bitcoin vital statistics i'm getting all this uh following information from bitinfocharts.com forward slash bitcoin um total bitcoin 17.3 million market capitalization is one 113.8 113.8 billion bitcoin price is sitting at 6576 bitfinex has it at 658 uh hit btc 658 gdax 654 bitstamp 6542 gatecoin 6530 um let's see last 24 hours there were 245,000 transactions giving a average per hour transaction of 10,214 amount of bitcoin sent was whoa holy crap was 5% of the total market cap 837.5 thousand bitcoins were sent uh, flying around the network on mainnet uh, in the last 24 hours That's, that's pretty cool man that gives an average of 34.8,000 or 34,897 bitcoins um, per hour. God, that's $230 million of bitcoins flying around every hour. Average transaction value is 3.42 BTC. The median transaction value is 0.042. Average transaction fee is 50 cents. Median transaction fee is twenty cents, and uh, block time is averaging nine point uh, nine minutes and fifty six seconds. Pretty much damn near pegged to that ten minute mark. Uh, let's see here, blocks in the last twenty four hours one hundred forty one, and the difficulty has increased one point three five percent in twenty four hours to. Seven, <laughs> let's see, seven billion two hundred forty-nine million one hundred. No, 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 no. Seven trillion two hundred forty-nine billion one hundred twenty-three million three hundred forty thousand one hundred five. The hash rate is fifty um, e hashes per second. Bitcoin mining profitability is point two three cents a day for one terahash per second it's not bad so 
there is the Bitcoin vital, vital statistics for October the 4th. Um, and that'll do it. Um, Optech newsletter, dudes. Let's go. Let's do it. Bitcoin Optech newsletter number 15 of October 2nd, 2018. <clears throat> our, our good friends can be found at bitcoinops.org. Uh, if you guys haven't been following this, um, probably should. Uh, it's pretty technical, but um, it tells pretty it tells us what's going going on in the uh, uh, Bitcoin Bitcoin Core updates and uh, what's being included, what what's coming out, and uh, items like that. So <clears throat> this week's newsletter includes a notice of Bitcoin Core. 0.17's impending release, links to the backport release of Bitcoin Core 0.15 and 0.14 to fix the CVE 2018-17144 duplicate inputs bug for those users unable to run more recent releases. A brief description of a chain split on testnet and links to notable merges in Bitcoin infrastructure projects. Action items. Bullet point, upgrade to Bitcoin Core 0.17. The new release has been tagged and several people have begun reproducing builds of the software. So the binaries and formal release announcement are likely to become available Tuesday or Wednesday on BitcoinCore.org. The announcement will include a copy of the release notes detailing major changes to the software since the 0.16.0 release. News, bullet point. Bitcoin Core 0.15.2 and 0.14.3 released. <clears throat> Although source code has been available for these older branches since the public announcement of the CVE 2018-17144 duplicate inputs bug, getting enough people to certify a reproducible build took extra time before the binaries could be made available. Bullet point. CVE 2018-17144 duplicate inputs bug exploited on testnet. Last Thursday, a block was created on testnet containing a transaction that spent the same input twice. This is a double spin, people. Thank God it's on testnet. As expected, nodes believed to be vulnerable to the bug accepted the block and all other nodes rejected it, leading to a consensus failure chain split where the chain with the most proof of work contained the duplicate inputs and a weaker chain did not. Eventually, the chain without the duplicate inputs gained more proof of work and the vulnerable nodes attempted to switch to it. This caused the vulnerable nodes to attempt to re-add the duplicate input to the UTXO database twice, triggering an assert and causing them to shut down. When restarted, operators of the vulnerable nodes needed to manually trigger a lengthy re-index procedure to fix their nodes' database inconsistencies. The side effect of recovering from a duplicate input's chain split was previously known to developers. Nodes upgraded to Bitcoin Core 0.1613, 0.17.0RC4, or running other software that wasn't vulnerable had no reported problems. However, many block explorers with a testnet mode did accept the vulnerable block, providing a reminder that users should be careful about using third parties to determine whether or not transactions are valid. 
other words, run your own node, people. Notable code changes. <clears throat> Bullet point. Bitcoin Core number 14305. After the discovery of a few cases where Python-based tests were passing incorrectly as a result of using misnamed variables, a variable named whitelist, <clears throat> sorry, a variable name whitelist was implemented using Python's Python 3's underscore slots underscore feature for classes. Bullet point. LND number 1987. The new witness address RPC has been removed and the new address RPC now only supports generating addresses for P2SH wrapped P2WKH and native P2WPKH. Bullet point. C Lightning number 1982. The invoice RPC now implements route boost by including a bolt 11 R parameter in the invoice that provides routing information to the payer for an already open channel that has the capacity to support paying the invoice. This parameter was originally intended to help support native routes, but it can also be used this way to support nodes that no longer want to accept new incoming channels. Alternatively, if no available channel can support payment of the invoice, C-Lightning will emit a warning. And that ends Optech number 15. So we'll go ahead and close it down for the day. Uh, hope you found this useful. You can find me on my Twitter at B-E-N-N-D 77. And from there, you can find the rest of, of my miscreant stuff that's going on. Um, anyway, it was good to be with you today. Go out, do excellent things to everybody, and we'll catch you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and... And I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.